Before we begin, I would like to announce that I will be attending the 63rd Annual Convention of the American Society of Dowsers, June 8th through June 11th, being held at the State University of New York Adirondack Campus in beautiful Queensbury, New York. The convention will feature dowsing demonstrations and speakers, a metaphysical expo and dowsing bookstore, a wellness center, and much, much more. The Queensbury campus is only 45 minutes north of Albany International Airport, and affordable on-campus housing is available. For more information and to register for this unique event, please visit www.dowsers.org. And now for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now, for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm your host, Bill G. And today's special guest is Shelly Darlings. Now, Shelly is a fellow dowser who's uh, got a long history with the American Society of Dowsers. And uh, she has also written a wonderful book that I had the pleasure of reading called Songline of the Heart. And uh, she's been doing a lot of work with uh, our partner, Jamie Westrom, uh, you know, learning how to do uh, more uh, dowsing in home mitigations and these sort of things. But what I really wanted to talk to uh, her today is about the, her book and the Odyssey and of her life that led her to this uh, wonderful healing practice that she is doing right now. So Shelly, welcome to the show. Nice to be here, Bill. Thank you so much. I'm very honored. I, what I found so intriguing about the book as I was reading it is that um, the way that you interwove what you do, the, um, the the dowsing work that you do and why you do it and how it works into this journey of self-discovery that you had when you, uh, you know, you your your marriage was ending and you traveled to Australia and you learned about all of these new energy techniques that you were studying and and it was just it was just a fascinating story but interwoven in all of that was playing it, in in my eye you were playing like the part of the the the, the traveling shaman teacher learner and you know you, you were learning and teaching at the same time so um, I where to where to start on something like that? So okay, well, why don't you just take us into the story in the sense of um, where were you before you started this this journey, and and where did it take you? Okay, um, well, first of all, the first word that comes to me is the word navigator, because essentially that was the the energy that I was tracking ever since I was a young child and my dad was a uh, incredible captain and sailor and, um, and navigation, as we all know, is um, we're all navigating home. We're all navigating into more of who we are. And, and that really was what I was doing was, you know, um, I had prior to that, where the book begins, I had been, um, 
working in somatic integration for like 12 years and doing a lot of inner work and a lot of um, helping people to really mitigate that they are the source of their own experience. And that's a beautiful thing. Not, you know, you know, yes, we experience challenges. And when dowsing came in, it came out of left field. I had no idea. And, um, and that literally changed my life. And really um, the book really begins there where I'm having this experience and um, basically everything kind of falls apart as life sometimes does. Right. And, you know, husband home and I had just learned the dousing as well. So it was very fascinating to look backwards also at how it all played out. And it was really the dowsing in my life that really began to open my life and to help me to align what my voice is. And so that, you know, basically took me to uh, Australia where my daughter was living. And I think the most important piece around that is um, it was in Australia where the land started to speak really loudly. And I had never experienced that. Now I had done a bunch of dowsing, done a lot of people's homes. I, you know, worked with land. It, it was a, you know, if you're reading in the book, you'll hear that it came out of left field, but when I put those dowsing rods in my hand, I had this experience that I had never had before, which was I've done this before. And there was such a sense of truing up who I was. It was like, oh my gosh. And, and, but it was in Australia where the land really started to speak. And um, I began to see really the impact that was happening, not only in my own life, but, but in other people's. And I don't, that sort of starts the beginning of this journey. And really, like, as we were saying, so it, it's really the journey of, of love, of, of falling in love with oneself and falling in love in, in direct relationship with the earth and how we can become and that become more of who we are. And I think that's what I began to see as I was doing the dousing that for me, dousing was maybe a little bit different than people who um, uh, are focused on water dousing. You know, it's not that I can't do that. It's not my forte. Really, my my focus really began to uh, be about uh, the transformational change when I, when I'm walking with someone and and dowsing their house and how there's a quickening and that's what you know little by little by little I began to experience and when the land started speaking really loud it was um, that deeper reverence for who we are as human beings and as a humanity in direct relation to the land to the animals to the water, you know, that's a pretty big mouthful and I'll pass it back to you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, I, I, it was interesting to, it seemed like uh, Australia had a, a deeper um, energetic connection to you than uh, cause you were living like in Sandy around San Diego at the time. So the, when you went to Australia, it's, you seemed like you said it, it, the, the land was talking to you, it, like it was louder or it was more clear. Um, have you? Are you? Are you? Do you feel as though Australia? You have a deeper connection to that piece of land on the Earth than say where you are in the U.S. I think um, I did really up until about two years ago, and I only the only place I ever really felt home was in Australia, and. Um, and also because I experienced something there uh, that really shifted my life where 
instead of people, you know, being suspicious of you at first, and then they're going to get to know you, and then they're going to open their heart. It was the opposite in Australia. And I think that had a really big influence on my life to, you know, um, I would call it like a gentling. So, um, so yes, but then that impacted how I worked when I came back to the United States, because I had a deeper relationship and I had time also because I was in my own healing. I was, had, I was really ill and um, I had to spend, I spent a lot of time in nature. And also that was where, um, you know, when you're, I was in a place called Church Point uh, at a, uh, the Kurungai Reserve and you go up there and, and there are these 10,000 year old carvings and you start to put your feet on that land and you, you realize, you know, powerful, or you see a, a birthing stone, you know, these are uh, very impactful in terms of our relationship to our ancestors. Right. And so when we're working with people or when I'm working with people, it's, it's so much, especially now really about this direct relationship with the land that you're on and the ancestral, not just trauma, but what, who are those ancestors and, and, and what's your relationship and why are you being called to the house that you're being called to? And so uh, when, when somebody uh, buys a house or buys a piece of land or whatever, and they've, and they go to that land or they feel very attracted to that land, is that usually because there's some kind of ancestral bond to the land or that there's some sort of uh, a connection that you find? Not everybody necessarily. Um, they're obviously called to that land for some reason, but in, in, in the work that I'm doing, what I, I, I call it a key line. There's a, sometimes a direct relationship that has to do with the person's evolution. And there's a message for that person. And it doesn't happen in every single house. You know, sometimes you might have, you know, a husband and a wife and the wife, you know, really feels, you know, oh my God, I want to live in this house. But the husband doesn't feel that, or the husband's like, we're moving here. And the, and you know, the, whoever the other significant other is, they might not feel like that. So, yeah. So, but I look for that, you know, I think it's really important now, especially where people get to know, you know, their, the land and who are the, um, you know, the original people of the land. And yeah, I mean, sometimes what starts to happen is, as a person's awareness opens up, they realize some pieces or um, maybe it's a, you know, in their, in their ancestry or something, you know, that. Well, you told an interesting story in the book about a, a house mitigation that you were doing for, for a, uh, a woman's really, really big house, the mansion. And the husband was like this chess master mathematician or whatever. And the, um, and, you know, the first thing you noticed was there was feng shui issues with the house. And then, but the most important thing that the biggest takeaway that I had was that there was a sense that the husband's energy was moving elsewhere. And then, you know, a few months later, the husband just left. There was no, the, the marriage dissolved after, after the <laughs> mitigation actually happened. And, you know, some people are like, wait a second, you came in here to fix the relationship. And oh, then I say this all the time to people who I, I do relationship counseling with too. I said, you know, when we're doing the dowsing here, one of two things is going to happen. Otherwise, other, I, either the, we're going to help improve the relationship or I'm facilitating a breakup. 
And both can be done with love. Both can be done from a, a, a sense of empowerment and expansion. <laughs> so I'm I'm guessing that that's kind of the, the that was the that was the story that I got out of it too because the uh, the, the the primary client that you were working with also had these um, these things that you were you were helping her expand. You were helping her connect to where she was, and I thought that was rather fascinating. Um, and, and something else I find interesting too, just generally in culture, and because especially uh, when you're talking about um, what I like to call Western New Age or Western Woo, it's, you know, people are getting, taking uh, workshops and classes and they're learning all sorts of really cool energetic expansion work, but still they have to go home and if the home isn't very harmonious then you're going to have you're still going to have problems um i want to read a quote from you from your book i think it's around chapter 13 that i thought just nailed it completely And and the quote goes like this no matter how much training you do or how many counseling sessions or workshops you take you always end up coming home to your house and it will either enhance or limit your outcomes i mm-hmm. thought that was just a wonderful wonderful quote so um i want to i, I want to talk about that a little bit with the home being your nexus of energetic expansion work and if your home is not in a in line with your harmonics or your your energetic vibration it's actually going to um act as a barrier to your expansion yeah i would say it a little bit differently okay so everything you've been saying is is really very much aligned in fact i first i was going like wait did my daughter talk to him because <laughs> my daughter she after she she had seen some dowsings and she was like Mom, I'm never going to tell. I'm never letting my friends come to you anymore. Every time, you know, there's always a breakup. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, actually, those were the relationships that were on that verge anyway. And the dousing just bring, you know, well, anything other than love will show up. Anything other than harmony will show up. What I would say is that if somebody is feeling stuck or if they're really struggling, what nine out of 10 times is for me, this is what I find is that the house's energy is lower than their own. So it's like, it's more of a glass ceiling so that there are these people that are trying to expand. They're doing all these trainings or whatever they're doing, but they come home to that house that right is not um, supporting them. Right. And so for me, it, so it's really uh, what we want to do is create an environment that more than is harmonizing with the person's energy, because the person's energy also is, 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 you know, we're all evolving, right? It's evolving, but we want the house's energy to be so radiant and so uplift, you know, uplifting uh, a high, higher vibration that the person actually, you'll see it as you probably have seen in the dousing, all of a sudden the person starts to feel, they start being able to, feel more safe, more uh, secure, more confident. They start to like be able to put things together more in their awareness. So 
as you know, if you're looking at a house, let's just say that is is a very dense energy. Well, what we don't really understand is that that doesn't matter how much therapy you go, it, it it's it's not allowing that being able so that that person can connect the dots and actually make the change. And I think that's the beauty of of you know to me transformational dowsing is that you're you're working alongside the client, and as soon as you start to clear some of the heavier energies of negative vortexes or geopathic stress or some of these other things, that person starts to, their actual literal energetic system starts to open and fee, and they become more of a trans receiver for the information that they're so desperately trying to find. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And, and, and a lot of times I find that that when they start receiving that energy, they, or they, they, that information, that, that, that conscious awareness, sometimes they're not, they're, they, are not particularly prepared for it. Right. So okay. it's like they are, it's more than what they bargained for when they decided to go on this journey in the first place. Although it was, was part of divine timing. It was, this was supposed to happen within that, um, within that context. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, it can be very jarring. It can be very traumatic especially when you start learning things about yourself or you start learning things about your ancestral energy that, oh, wow, I really didn't, I didn't, first of all, I didn't know that. And second of all, oh, geez, that's something I need to cleanse. That's something I need to purify. And, and that purification process can be uncomfortable. Have, have you ever found a situation when you mitigate somebody's house and you are helping to align their energies that the conclusion was um this is just not the right place for you to be anymore you need you probably need to find somewhere else to be happy <laughs> that's a you know what that is a great question a really great question because i just ran into a, a similar situation but um this is what i found i found that um and only in 14 years i've told one person not to be in the house they're in or not, to, or to move. Um, and this was a buy, you know, they're trying to buy a house. Um, and there were some very, very big things that were wrong with it. But I feel like um, if that person's in that house, they might in the end choose to leave, but it's fully by their choice. And you can always get a feeling of like, this is a sense of a temporary place because they're evolving. This house has something to gift, gift that person or that relationship, or it's there to help them wake up, you know? And because as the house starts to open, people start to uh, really begin to trust their intuition. You know, I can walk in a house and I can see if there's, if there's a relationship issue, it's like, right. You can, you can see it, you can feel it there, you know, and also having a feng shui background, you know, that helps as well. Um, and because it was the situation in my, it was my personal situation <laughs> where I realized, you know, I was working with this feng shui master and about eight months down the road, I'm sitting in this class and I'm looking at these diagrams and all of a sudden I start to wake up going, Oh my God, you knew the day you walked into my house. And, she, and this person said, yes, I did actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, 
and that was a, that was a great, it, it was challenging, but it was a great experience. So I feel like, um, yeah, you know, but mostly in regards to what you're asking, I feel like I don't ever really tell people to move. I mean, if it's like, because you're creating, I feel like at least you're creating a slipstream uh, of love and you're, and at least for me, be, I'm supporting that person to, to, to love themselves and to look deeper and to, you know, they start to feel, you know, really comfortable in that house and they might choose to leave, but they're not going to carry the same energy with them into the next house. But I don't, I don't, I mean, like I said, only in 14 years, I've ever told anybody to move. And most people that I experience are trying to settle into the place or they're feeling so uncomfortable. Um, But anyway, that's my experience. Yeah. Well, in the early 2000s, I bought a house down in New Jersey and um, I was very excited about buying. It was my first house. And the, um, a friend of ours who does Feng Shui came into the house and was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) What the hell were you thinking when you moved in here? And, um, and it was, and over the seven years that we lived there, we had lots of problems. We had problems with my relationship with my wife. We had rela- we had problems with relationships with our friends. And we also had problems with relationships with the neighborhood. And on top of that, the house apparently was sitting on a junction of two ley lines. And so it was Grand Central Station for non-physical entities. <laughs> and so it was not a fun place to live. And and in the end, when the when the uh, the foreclosure crisis came along, the house was underwater, and I ended up having to foreclose on it. So there was a lot of really deep, dark, stuck energy in the house. That, that thankfully we we left it. But you you bring up a very interesting point here because if it wasn't for living in that house, I would have never gotten into dowsing. Mm. Interesting. So it was because I learned dowsing to help mitigate the energies that were constantly passing through the house, the stuck energies. And for a while, while I was living there and doing the dowsing work, I was able to raise the vibration of the place so that way we could be more harmonious. It didn't really go to hell in a handbasket until after we left. And that's when the house got broken into. That's when it sat on a, it sat vacant for five years and just became all overgrown and horrible. Um, I mean, the house is okay now because somebody else bought it and decided to you know fix it up. But it was just a fascinating journey mm. because that journey then first number one got me into dowsings and that that kind of, that changed my whole life. And number two, it taught both uh, Nina and I how to look at places that we potentially want to live in. And we it opened up our awareness of, okay, when we walk into a place, immediately let's listen to how it makes us feel. Let's mm-hmm. listen to how our energies mesh with this. Is this some place that is going to be uplifting for us? Is this some place that's going to be harmonious for us? Or is this some place that is going to be the opposite of that? And so immediately now, every time we, you know, we've moved a lot of places and the house we're living in right now, we've been here for over eight years now. And 
the second we walked into the house, we were like, this is our place. This there, that is all there is to it. And the, you know, the owner was like, well, there's one other person who's looking at the place and, you know, they, they're very close to putting in a deposit and whatever. It's like, well, it doesn't matter because we, this is our house. Mm-hmm. And so we, we said, okay, well, we're putting in our deposit right now. And if that other person falls through, it's ours. And they were like, yeah, sure. And then two <laughs> days later, the person, the, the landlord calls up and says, it's yours. <laughs> right. Because we just, we just knew. And, mm-hmm. and it was because of that experience in the old house, that was the, 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 the drama house, that that the, the, that our energies didn't quite mesh with that led us in this other path where we are now very aware of our energy. We are very aware of our surroundings to the point where we walk into a place we just know. And, you know, this is a house that we don't plan on ever leaving because even when we think about it, we're like, mm-hmm. uh-uh, nope. This is the place. This is this is where we are. This is where we this is where we feel safe. This is where we feel uh, expansive. And it doesn't matter where I'm in the middle of Vermont and no one can ever get to us. This is where we this is where we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a great story. I think and and I it's it's pretty much the same thing. Like with, with for myself, I it's one of the first p- things I tell people, you will never, ever look at another house the same way, because like my goal is to um, input so much information, you know, as I'm dousing, I'm explaining everything so that that person's consciousness is, is, is widening. I like just widening, you know, and they begin to know what it, like you said, what it feels like, what it looks like from the, from the get-go when you're walking up to that front door. And, and usually the way I'm doing it is like, this is, this is, I'm going to give you an uh, an experience of what I'm experiencing. I'm going to transmit to you so that you know, you're going to now become aware going up to your friend's houses or you're going to have a sense of, and it's just a beautiful thing to watch people really begin to understand a house is a conscious being. It has, it has, you know, it's, it's made up of energy. It wants to support us. And, and that's a whole different, you know, what, you know, it's not like you're walking up and talking to your house, but you could, <laughs> you know, essentially you are, you know, when, when we open the house, people begin to have a sense of, uh, a, you know, a, of, of what it feels like to be in resonance with a place, the spirit of that place, like you're describing. So yeah, it's amazing. Can you describe some of the tools that you use when you go into and go into a house? So what are the because uh, in the in the book you talked about the, the these copper rings that you use and uh, and that sort of thing. So I I, I just want our listeners to get a an idea of what kind of tools uh, that you use and and why do you use them? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm always experimenting and open with uh, you know there's huge array of tools now. I love especially when I'm going to a house, I love people to experience some of these, you know, like you were talking about the um, tensor rings. So originally the tensor rings were, um, as far as I, my background is, it was devised by um, and designed by Slim Sperling, like a a, a shamanic cowboy (laughs) of sorts. And who really under, began, understood um, sacred geometry and the pyramids and, and 
created these rings. So they create, I like to call them a portable positive vortex. So if you're in a house and you can't get someone to douse or you, you're not sleeping, you know, these rings will create an, uh, a positive, let's just say a positive field of energy that allows your body to relax and, and heal. And um, so these rings come in all different sizes. And when I first started out, um, I was using them all the time. In fact, I was traveling with at least five or six of them <laughs> on airplanes and people were going like, oh, you know, are those uh, metal hula hoops or, you know, great talking pieces, but that's how they're used. And they're also, I would use them, um, let's just say when I go into house, if I find immediately find a negative vortex because a negative vortex drains the immune system, point blank. Um, there's lots of other, you know, things that it does, but it, but it's very hard to heal in a house that has a, a negative vortex. And so the rings can be placed on the floor and it opens that, that field or portal, uh, a column of light. And, and some people see it that allows for even, even entities or, uh, earthbound spirits that are trying to, they haven't been able to leave. Let's just say they had, there was a trauma in the house before you bought the house. Right. So the rings are really great for that. Um, so th those are the rings. Those are some of the things that I use. Uh, I'm also using um, crystals, but I use them in a particular way. Um, a beautiful woman. And it's always connections of people. That's how things come to me. And um, way back in, I guess it was like 2009, I, I met a woman named Catherine Parker and, and she was, uh, she had just written a book called resonance alchemy. And we started weaving our wisdom together and began to realize that there is a way to incorporate. She it's called cum vita. And you're actually programming the crystals in a certain way. That was almost like a, a Sanskrit language that doesn't get spoken. And I discovered that, yes, I can put these, the other tools that I use are, like copper rods, they're again, they're made with the understanding of uh, sacred geometry, they're activated in a certain way, and that can stop the negative energies from coming into your house, or the, let's call it the stress lines, or the non beneficial lines energy um, coming in. Um, but what I discovered less as an example with the with the crystals, for a long time, I was going out around, you know, putting on these copper rods all wherever the geopathic stress, because you're always looking for where the energy is coming from. And when I started doing these crystal Merkabahs, which is just basically a vessel of, of light and energy, and that's a whole other topic for people, but for almost 99%, there was, it took care of all the geopathic stress, you know, as long as they were put out in a certain way and and I love to teach people that. So there's a couple of things. So you have the, the or I call them earth cures, which are the copper rods, crystals, the rings. I also have been taught a lot of indigenous healing protocols. I'll be, I'll, I'll use that for in, in certain circumstances and with the house. Also, as you were talking about Jamie, so Jamie and I have come together and, and now we're weaving our knowledge and wisdom together. And it's like, always when you the, do that. this is uh jamie westrom right yeah right and she's the biofield expert she's amazing and so adding uh playing with and seeing where the shielding paint you know how it works and what else is needed from my experience so you know she's doing kinesiology i'm using 
the dousing rods. And I primarily use the um, L rods on a sleeve. Uh, that's really my, my choice of tools. So those are some of the um, different things. And, uh, and then recently, and then we just together, well, this was a, it, tonight is the, <laughs> the Chinese New Year, the, the, the um, black water rabbit. And it's all about, you know, deeper, deepening into the dark waters, the still waters of your own being, you know, and, and, and coming in to a, a, a wondrous relationship with your intuition. And, and one of the focuses has been about water in my life. I, that's a whole other topic. So I, I work with water and um, really am about teaching people about watershed wisdom. Um, and we created, uh, or what came to me was this elixir of life for the water and the person. So that it has to be taken. So even though I can go douse the land, what we, what was discovered was when the person takes this, what was called this elixir of life um, for their own heart and their own being combined with doing the soil, something else happens. And, and so, yeah, so we're always kind of playing with some other tools. Um, yeah. There's a lot of other ones that I, you can go to my website and, and, Go see some of the other ones. Yeah. Well, speaking of your website, where where can people find you to uh, so to maybe hire you to do house mitigation or whatever else that you do? Um, it's 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 evolutionarydousing.com and d o w s i n g. People sometimes <laughs> try and put in uh, another spelling. Or you can also go to Shelly at shellydarling.com. That's easier. Yeah, I'm still, it's a fairly new website that's still being, there are pages that are still attempting to be added on at this point, but yeah. Um, and and the book is Songline of the Heart. And and I think you mentioned that you are working on a new edition of this book. Um, yeah, it's in its third edition. I mean, right now I'm, um, well, I think the other thing that I would like to share with people is really my passion um, so yeah, this is going on to its third edition, but it's really about my story. And um, in 2015, I was really nudged um, to create what's called the Sacred Evolutionary Dowsing Consortium. And my passion is really about um, uh, heart resonance and how groups can work together. And when we come together, it's it's more than just the sum of our parts. It's exponential um, where there's absolute transparency and honesty and safety. So I've been working for two years with the, the consortium has been going uh, for years since 2015, but that's, that's really where my attention's going is to invite people to have the experience of working as a collective, uh, working on people's lands or, um, you know, landscapes, sites, water, and we've had amazing experiences as a collective. So there are six of us that are now working on that and, oh, and opening it up for other people to have this experience of you know, what it's like to uh, do dowsing, not just by yourself or, yeah. So that will be made more visible in the next few months. Now, where are you primarily located? Um, in Maine right now. Oh, you're in Maine, excellent. Yeah. yeah. I love living in Maine, which was a surprise to me. <laughs> all those years of going to Australia and New Zealand and leaving in the winter, all of a sudden I'm back here in winter and, and actually loving it. Yeah. So Shelly, thank you so, so much for joining us today. 
and uh, sharing your experiences. And again, uh, uh, her book is called Songline of the Heart. It is available right now on Amazon it, and everywhere you can buy books. It's also available at the uh, American Society of Dowsers bookstore, so at dowsers.org. So anytime that you want to pick it up, I highly recommend it. So again, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you everyone out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.